What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you and your walk toward becoming a saint. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions per episode dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, apologetics, evangelization, catechesis, discipleship, and the list goes on. I will then spend time with your questions, pray with them, study, and hopefully respond in such a way that is good for you to become a saint. Disclaimer is this, I'm not perfect, and therefore all my advice might not actually be helpful for you. If that's the case, then I want to go ahead and repent and say, my bad. You can trash whatever it is I say that does not help you to grow in virtue, grow close to Jesus. However, if my advice does help you to grow in virtue, it does help you to grow closer to Jesus Christ, then I really want to encourage you to lean into Jesus Christ in prayer so he can give you the grace to fulfill the demands of discipleship. Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about a number of really cool things. We're going to talk about anxiety, Halloween, and voting. If you want your questions to get on the show, then all you have to do is email them to me at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. You can also text this number 33777 with the word askfatherjosh, all one word, A-S-K-F-R-J-O-S-H, uh, to win a raffle, to win a, a copy of my book, an autographed copy of my book for you or for a loved one, and also to get updates on the podcast. If you want other people to find out about the show, if it's been helpful for you, potentially it could be helpful for them. Here's what you do. Share it, share it, share it on your social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, etc. And you can also rate and review us on iTunes and other podcast format. That helps other people find out about the show. So stay tuned so we can get in those topics. All right, before we get into those topics for today, anxiety, Halloween, and voting, I want to share with you a quick glory story. As many of you know, I've shared with you I've been doing this Exodus 90 fast um, for a little minute now, and uh, it's been going well. I have not been doing perfect, so in case you're one of those people who want to be a saint, but you you try to, to do everything to the T and you, you can't, um, you're not alone. I've messed up myself. I've not done it perfect, but it's been very helpful for me in my relationship with Jesus Christ and being able to perceive his voice again. And one of the things I've been doing is, is this, I've been praying with um, Dr. Tom Neal. He's one of my professors in seminary when I was at Notre Dame, good friend of mine, spiritual brother and father to me, uh, a layman, husband and father. Uh, and he has just these amazing quotes out there from his spiritual director, Father Tom Hopko, and from other spiritual directors who he's walked with that he shared with me. And so I've been praying with this all during these, these, these days of fasting. And so I'm going to share with you one of the quotes from um, Dr. Tom Neal's spiritual director that he uh, shared with me via his blog. Here's what it says this. Practice silence as much as you are able. Fast from talking as you are able. So to be able to listen far more than you speak. Silence open to listening is the best asceticism of all. In conversation, be much more interested in others' thoughts or interest in voicing your own. Make regular acts of the will to resist your compulsion to speak when the other has more to say. Dr. Tom Neal, spiritual director. Just sitting with that has been rocking my world. And so I'm so grateful for the members of the body of Christ who I've never met but who have impacted people who I do know because now their wisdom is impacting me and hopefully their wisdom is also inspiring you to practice this ascetical work 
of fasting, from speaking, so you can really listen to the person who you are walking with toward eternity. All right. Now, before we get into our topics, I want to share with you some follow-up feedback from previous episodes. All right, first follow-up comes in from Brandon. Brandon writes this, Dear Father Josh, I just recently found your podcast and have thoroughly enjoyed listening to it. Thank you for your insight. I most appreciate the way you answer the questions using our Catholic faith and the Bible as the guide. Love the glory story as a prelude to the more deeper topics. I never knew, thought, that Jesus wants all of us to be saints and that that is our goal. As a child, I went to Catholic school through grade school and attended Mass every Sunday with my mom. Then we moved to another state and pretty much stopped attending. I'm not sure why. Fast forward 30 years later, I'm married 13 years with three children. My family and I weren't going to Mass and constantly making excuses for why we couldn't go. We would only go to Mass on the big celebrations, Christmas and Easter. It took a miscarriage and my wife's 14-year-old sister taking her own life to thrust us back to church, looking for answers, comfort, and back on the path that Jesus Christ has always intended. Although that path is sometimes not so clear, when that path isn't clear, I pray on it and I find a resolution that I need to rejoin the path at that moment. Your episode where you answered the question regarding cafeteria Catholics answered a few of my many questions I've had recently. I've always struggled with the teachings regarding abortions and same-sex marriages, but I appreciate your insight on how to look at these situations. One of your many insights that struck out to me in this episode was you don't ever discourage someone that disagrees with you. I feel this mentality is the basis of our faith, being kind and not chastising someone for what and how they believe, but praying for them. I as all people of the Christian faith, constantly have questions regarding my faith and your podcast, amongst others, truly answer and clarify. Again, thank you for your service and insight. I want to share a recent confession experience with you. I recently went back to confession after approximately 30 years. I wasn't going to confession after all these years because I felt like I didn't have anything to confess. I didn't have any mortal sins weighing on my conscience. So why go to confession were my thoughts at the time. After listening to your other podcast, I was starting to feel guilty about going to Mass, selfishly receiving the body and blood of Christ, which is bad enough, I know, without confessing my sins, even if they weren't mortal, but merely venial sins. It was a powerfully moving experience. I was nervous and my voice was a little shaky. I didn't know the act of contrition by heart. I had to bring it up on my phone. But the Monsignor of our parish was very sensitive to me since it's been so long. He made me feel at ease and absolved me of my sins in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. After confession, I had time before a mass to reflect, do my penance, and pray with Jesus in a quiet church. As a father and husband with three young children, there's not a lot of quiet time. I'm so grateful and truly felt in a state of grace and Jesus with me when I received his body and blood for the first time since confessing my sins. Thank you for the work you do and your digital ministry, and I hope I could turn others on to your podcast I have one prayer request, though. My mother's battling cancer and going through chemotherapy now. Since her diagnosis, I've been asking St. Peregrine to pray for my mother to rid her body of this cancer. Praying in my parish's adoration chapel and a local church by my job. Sorry for the length of this email, but I've had a lot on my mind and shortened it as much as I could. Thank you again for your ministry, Brandon. Brandon, you got it. I will pray for your mother uh, through the intercession as well as St. Peregrine. Um, right now, let's just... Pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, be healed. 
In the name of Jesus, be healed. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for Brandon and for his mother. I ask specifically right now for her to be healed of cancer if it is for her sanctification in this moment of her life, in this season of her life. If it is for her good for her to be healed from cancer, Lord Jesus Christ, heal her, heal her. But as you know and I know, thy will be done, Father. Thy will be done. You know what's best for Brandon's mom. So thy will be done. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Also have a follow-up feedback from uh, a beautiful man I hung out with uh, recently at our parish festival. Uh, he is a, a Protestant Christian, radical disciple of Jesus Christ, a brother in Christ, um, and he listens to the podcast. And he asked me, he said, hey, man, Father, uh, where did you get that quote from on your podcast when you were talking about original sin? He said, you quoted Psalm 55.5. And he said, I read Psalm 55.5, and it doesn't talk about original sin. And I was like, dude, I, I don't know. I said, you know, I'm not perfect, and every now and then I get things wrong. So anyways, praise God for him purifying me and, and checking me because I was able to go back to the scripture, and I realized it was actually Psalm 51.5. I had a typo in my notes. And Psalm 51.5 and the New American Standard Bible says this, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Um, so that's where... Um, that passage is that in the Word of God, and I'm so grateful for my brother in Christ for gently letting me know um, that I gave the wrong scripture passage on a previous episode on one of our podcasts. So hashtag my bad and praise God for our brothers in Christ who are using their gifts to purify us in our walk toward eternity. All right. Now, with all that being said, let's jump into today's show. Okay, first question comes in about celebrating Halloween, and I wanted to answer this question because Halloween was this past week. Last week was Halloween. Um, I celebrated at my church parish. We had a thing called Boo at the Badge, and so a lot of people uh, have a lot of thoughts about this because it literally just happened last week. So this question comes in from Eric. He says this, hey, Father Josh, first off, thank God for your existence. I appreciate you. I've been listening to you since July when a brother named Eric at a conference for men called Triumph told me about you. He's probably listening to this show, so shout out to him. Your content is very informative, and it feeds my spirit. My question is, is Halloween bad to celebrate? I've heard things from yes, uh, because you're celebrating the devil, or yes, because satanic people do things on Halloween, but I wanted to hear from a father. What is your opinion on it, Eric, with a K? All right, Eric, great, great question. So um, first of all, no, it is not bad to celebrate, um, but here's what Halloween's all about. Halloween stands for this, All Hallows Eve, which means All Holy Eve. So it's not an evil pagan festival, as some of our brothers and sisters in our fellow Christian communities uh, proclaim and teach. It's actually a centuries-old feast that is celebrated on the evening, the eve, of All Saints' Day, in memory of all the saints in heaven who are known to us and also who are unknown to us. Remember, as Christians, we are called to celebrate members of the body of Christ on earth and in heaven. So we don't just love the brothers and sisters who we can see, but we also love our brothers and sisters who have preceded us in our walk toward eternity and are abiding in relationship with Jesus Christ forever in the beatific vision, right? Forever in the kingdom of heaven. So in preparation for the evening vigil, many people would historically pray and celebrate the victory of Jesus Christ over sin and death. And the church's liturgical law, um, if you, as me, a priest, pray the liturgy of the hours, on the eve of All Saints Day, there are some adjustments to the prayers that we recite. Just like the Jews, um, we begin celebrating our feast the evening before. So, for instance, when I pray the Liturgy of the Hours on Saturday evening, I'm actually praying 
evening prayer at 1. When I pray night prayer on Saturday night, I'm actually praying night prayer at 1 for Sunday. And since All Saints Day is a holy day of obligation, or like I like to say, a holy day of opportunity, uh, you can go to Mass on the evening before All Saints Day as a way to celebrate our brothers and sisters who have persevered in their race, who have made it through the narrow gate and are able to be with Jesus Christ forever, just like we can go to an anticipatory Mass on a Saturday evening at our parish that is a Sunday Mass, but you actually enter into that worship on Saturday evening, right? And so it's an anticipatory Mass. Now, I'm not going to lie. It is true. Secular culture has an expression, a particular expression of Halloween, just like it has a particular expression of Christmas, just like it has a particular expression of Valentine's Day, and just like it has a particular expression of Easter. But just because secular culture hijacks our holidays doesn't mean that they aren't good in their origins, right? Halloween in our country, it involves kids dressing up in costumes and going trick-or-treating. Again, what are the origins of the dressing up in costumes? Dressing up in costumes, again, was originally meant to allow kids the opportunity to dress up like the saints, to dress up like the souls in purgatory who they would pray for to become saints in their walk toward eternity, to dress up like skeletons even, because skeletons remind us that one day our bones will be reunited, reunited with our souls. Like one thing we believe as Catholic Christians is in the resurrection of the dead, the resurrection of the body. So one day our bodies, our ashes, our dry bones will be reunited with our souls in the kingdom of heaven, in the second coming of Christ. So uh, many people would dress up um, to remember this faith that we believe in, to remember that we are going to be reunited with our souls, our bodies one day after we die, to remember that we're called to pray for the souls in purgatory, which is why people dress up as ghosts, um, and also dress up as saints. And also call in mind that some saints um, are old school saints like Francis of Assisi, and some saints are not known saints like those celebrity ones, but they're unknown, like the many members of the law enforcement, our pharmacists, our doctors, our nurses, our teachers, our janitors, um, or just different people in the community. Also, it's just fun, too, for kids to dress up as superheroes to get in touch with their imagination um, because there's nothing wrong with having fun, right? But then we also go trick-or-treating on this day of Halloween. Where does this come from? This comes from fall caroling, which is when Christians would go from house to house and offer prayers and sacrifices for their neighbors and in turn for their prayers of intercession and the sacrifice that they would offer for their neighbors loved ones their neighbors would then give the kids cookies and goodies just like we have kids who go trick-or-treating in costume they get goodies from their neighbors from people in their community do some people do some people take advantage of halloween to do things that are sinful and not good Yes, some people dress up in skimpy nun outfits. That's never okay. That's not cool. I remember one time, I think I mentioned this on a previous show where I addressed Halloween, uh, a girl I was dating. Uh, it was my first time I was introducing her to my family, my cousin, and, uh, and she dressed up very inappropriate. And I was so embarrassed because she was dressing up as a woman of the night. And uh, let's just say that relationship did not last too long. <laughs> uh, because, again, like, we can make it something sinful, but in and of itself, its origins are not sinful. Just like we can abuse anything, we can abuse uh, NyQuil, we can abuse medicine, we can abuse alcohol, we can also abuse the good of our feast days that we celebrate in our church's calendar um, and those celebratory things, which include Halloween, Easter, and the list goes on. So, yeah, that's my take on Halloween. So let me know what you think. Hit me up at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com and let me know. All right, next question 
comes in from Michelle. Michelle asks about Catholic voting. She says this, Hi, Father Josh. I really enjoy your podcast, and I love your random singing bits. Girl, you know I, I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Charles, my BF, as he loves... Oh, my BF. Is that my best friend or my boyfriend? I don't know. But Charles, whoever you are, you are Michelle's BF, as apparently you love me too. Praise God. In Canada, we just recently had our 2019 election, and I just want to know your thoughts on the election, and if any, how does the church teach on how to vote the quote-unquote Catholic way? Michelle. Michelle, that's a great question. So, I am not even aware about your 2019 elections in Canada. We recently had our elections down here in Louisiana for for governor. Um, There's a a race going on, a runoff going on between two candidates right now, uh, two Catholic candidates, one Republican, one Democrat. Um, And uh, but we had all the local elections have already gone by. And so uh, I guess I'll just answer in general, because uh, pretty soon, as you know, we're going to have presidential elections in the United States of America as well. And so I can give uh, those listeners in America this this insight from me. But also you can have this in your mind for whenever you vote again in Canada. So I'm going to be, first of all, honest and say that talking about politics is never an easy thing to do um, for a priest. So I'm going to go ahead and pray right now and ask the Holy Spirit to inspire me with the words that he wants me to share um, for our good and for everyone who listens to this podcast in this particular question to have the gift of interpretation of tongues so that you will only hear that which is good for you and your sanctification and our walk toward eternity. I ask this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. So what does our church teach with regard to voting and what is God calling us to do um, in elections, right? God is always calling us to put on the mind of Christ, to vote with the mind of Christ, to vote with the heart of Christ, to be the body of Christ. The church teaches us that we're called to vote according to a well-formed conscience, not an ignorant conscience, but a well-formed conscience, a conscience that has been formed by the beliefs and principles we hold as Catholics, as Christians, that have been given to us by our Savior, Jesus Christ, Namely, to love God and to love our neighbor as revealed to us in the sacred scriptures and in the tradition that we have received from the apostles and their successors. Now, I don't know how it is in Canada, but in America, America, uh, there are typically two candidates in two major political parties. What we have is the Republicans and Democrats who typically make the main stage every year, um, who at least in recent years, um, they've been the ones who uh, have, have been out in the forefront And also in recent years, mainly those Republican candidates and Democratic candidates have been people who have been disheartening with their with their character and their public conduct. Right. Um, And so a lot of Catholics have have been repulsed by some of their their attitudes, both the Republicans and the Democrats who are running for office. Uh, And of course, we know there are more than just two candidates who run for office. I think in the last presidential race in the United States of America, I counted maybe like 13 candidates who are on Louisiana's ballot. And if we're really going to vote um, our conscience, then these candidates cannot be brushed aside either, right? If we're going to vote according to a well-formed conscience, we can't say, oh, well, I'm just going to vote the lesser of two evils between the Republican and the Democrat. We need to keep in mind all the candidates who are running for, for office. As a priest, I cannot tell you as a listener who you ought to vote for specifically, but I can pose a question to you as you prepare to vote in the future. Um, why would any follower of Jesus Christ vote for any candidate or any political party whose policies are diametrically and directly opposed to the very core beliefs we hold sacred as Catholics, right? Why? So what are those core beliefs? Our core beliefs 
again, our love of God and love of neighbor. How do we practically manifest this love of God and love of neighbor with regards to voting? Through examining the four principles of Catholic social teaching. First principle, dignity of the human person. Does the political platform that I plan on voting for support life at all stages? Does my political platform support the evil of killing babies in the womb? Killing babies, human beings. Does my party that I'm going to vote for support this? Does my political party's platform support the evil of embryonic stem cell research, human cloning, and euthanasia? Does my party's political platform support the evil of the death penalty in America, where it is clearly and certainly not necessary? Does my party's political party platform support the evil of unjust wars? Does my political party platform support the evil of human torture? There are certain things that will never, ever, ever, never, ever, 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 ever be okay with God. So am I voting for a candidate and or a political party um, that supports, who supports and promotes these evils previously mentioned? If so, again, am I answering God's call to love him and my neighbor? Second principle of Catholic social teaching is subsidiarity. Church teaches that the family is the fundamental fundamental cell of human society. Does my political party's platform support the sacrament of marriage? If so, how has it and does it plan to strengthen marriage? Does my political party's platform support fair wages and education reforms? What does my political party do to help poor families? Does my political party platform have initiatives in place to collaborate with the local efforts in promoting the common good of all people, not just some people, not just the people who live in my neighborhood or my zip code, my area code, my socioeconomic background, but all people. Third principle of Catholic social teaching is the common good. Our basic needs of all human beings taken into consideration with regards to the political party platform that I plan on voting for. Every human being has a right to religious freedom and access to those things required to support the decency of all life. So does the political party platform that I plan on voting for, do they attack religious freedom? Um, does this platform support food and shelter for the homeless, education reform, fair and just wages and employment, opportunities for health care for the sick, prison reform? The fourth principle to keep in mind while discerning who to vote for is solidarity. Does my party's platform work toward racial harmony and the eradication of institutional racism, which is found in written policies and unwritten practices? Does my political party's platform have gospel-based approach to our hospitality and entry into our country for immigrants? Does my political party's platform work for policies that would defend the unborn, or does it have policies that will hurt the unborn? Does my platform support initiatives that will help mothers of the unborn children who are in difficult situations? So the practical way that we as Catholics are called to vote is by examining our principles and line them up with the political platform of the parties that we plan on voting for in the elections. And keep this in mind when voting. If we're called to love God and love neighbor, love is defined by St. Thomas Aquinas in his Summa as desiring and willing the greatest good of the beloved. The beloved's greatest good is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ for all eternity. We are called, we are called to vote based on love and not the lesser of two evils, right? Keep this in mind, which means if my political platform that I'm accustomed to voting for supports objective evils, then maybe I'm not being called by God to support them with my vote if my vote enables them to promote those evils in society. St. John Paul II, he didn't support the lesser two evils. He supported something brand new, the solidarity movement, right? 
And so I think that we need to keep this in mind that we don't have to settle for a two-party system if the two parties that are the main parties have policies in their um, platforms that aren't Catholic, that aren't in line with God. So what do we do? I think that we should always pray for the candidates, that we should pray for them, and we should remember that they're not the enemy, the devil's the enemy. We should not go on social media and trash the persons, but we should pray for the person and fast for the persons who are running for office. If we're going to remain registered in any particular political party, then we must reform those parties from within, because I can look at each one of the parties that um, are the mainline parties right now, and I can tell you, honestly, they all have issues that are opposed to Jesus Christ and the Catholic Church. So if I'm going to stay in any of these parties, then I need to be working on reforming them from within. Number three, I need to cultivate holiness in my own life. Saints change the world. Whenever we are saints, whenever we are holy, we will then inspire other people who will one day come into office to be holy as well, to accommodate the people in their community who want Jesus and want Jesus Christ in words and actions. And finally, we really need to um, examine our conscience and discern, am I putting more emphasis and priority on my political party than on Jesus Christ and the gospel? There's a, a daughter of St. Paul, Sister Teresa, um, uh, Sister Teresa Noble, um, and she said in the last election on social media, I remember it was so profound, I copied and pasted it. She said this, we will never find salvation in a political party, and we should be apologists and uncritical cheerleaders for no one but Jesus Christ. For no one but Jesus Christ. So if we're going on social media and we're promoting our candidate and we're fighting for our candidate and we're bashing another candidate, I want to ask you, when's the last time you went on social media and you promoted the church and you promoted Jesus Christ and you promoted salvation of souls? If you've focused more on politics than on Jesus, that's called idolatry and uh, we need to repent from that. And finally, I'll close with this. Uh, Archbishop Gomez once said, and I love this as well, politicians come and go. Nations rise and fall. Empires fade away. What remains and what continues is the church that Jesus Christ established on the rock of St. Peter. No matter who wins next Tuesday and no matter who loses, we are called to follow Jesus Christ as children of God and missionary disciples, to be faithful to Christ and to build God's kingdom here on earth. All right. So that was a lot. And uh, I hope that was helpful for you. Uh, so let me know. Hit me up at AskFatherJosh at AssistionPress.com with your feedback. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we get back, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to offer a prayer for those struggling with anxiety um, because I felt like I answered those two questions really, really long. And so I don't want to extend the show too, too long. So I'm just going to do a quick prayer for those who struggle with anxiety when we get back from the break. All right. See you in a bit. I'm Jeff Cavins. I wrote The Activated Disciple because I know how easy it is to practice the faith and to study it, but what if we lived our entire lives without doing what we learned? God doesn't just call us to be students. He calls us to be disciples, to look and live like Jesus. If you yearn for a life that moves beyond just studying and believing, if you yearn to become an activated disciple, then this book is for you. The Activated Disciple teaches you how to take your faith to the next level so you can become an instrument for God to transform the world. To order The Activated Disciple, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. 
and welcome back to the show. Uh, remember, uh, you can share the show on your social media pages. That helps other people find out about the show. And you can also raise and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats, and that will help them as well. We're going to go ahead and we're going to close with a prayer um, for people who are just experiencing trouble in their lives right now. And on the next episode, I'm going to address anxiety, and we're going to go from there. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty God and Father, we beg you through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one. All saints of heaven come to our aid. From anxiety, sadness, and obsessions, we implore you, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy, we implore you, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death, we implore you, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion, we implore you, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality, we implore you, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship, we implore you, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, witchcraft, and every form of the occult, we implore you, deliver us, O Lord. You who said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy your peace always in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap it up for today's show. I look forward to walking with each and every single one of you toward eternity. God bless. Mm -hmm.